welcome to episode seven of the Inside Joe. We're going to be calling this one the parents, and it's going to be basically about everything that comes with that relationship. Um, we are very proud of this episode in particular, but I do forewarn everyone listening: it does get a bit emotional at the end. So, without further ado, enjoy. Today we're going to be talking about the parents in episode 7 of the Inside Joe. Um, it's a topic that I know immediately people probably want to turn off the station right now. Um, it might be sensitive to, to you. Um, it just means a whole lot and I feel like that's kind of the reason we, d- we kind of avoid talking about this with our friends, people we're close with. Um, but I feel like it's something that is very important to talk about. And um, today we have, obviously we have uh, producer Dre, we have Nura, we have Gabe along for this ride. So we're going to be talking about our parents. Uh, so stay tuned, and I feel like uh, this will be good for everyone listening, too, and I know for myself. Um, so I just want to start off, um, I'll talk about my parents really quick. Um, I'm not going to, this, this, this episode's not about, like, let me know more about who your parents are, their job, or anything like that. It's just more about your relationship with your parents. So we don't need to, we're not going to kind of divulge too much into that. I think right now, where I'm at with my parents is very interesting. Um, I'm like... I'm the youngest of four, so I think that has to do a lot with it. Um, I'm a younger child. Um, the closest age uh, brother I have is eight years. So it's eight years and then 10 and 12. So I kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and so like my parents kind of raised me, but most of my, my, my siblings did, most of the raising. So my parents have kind of become like that middle ground between like a grandparent slash parent. So they're always like, they always had my back um, I feel like my siblings sometimes thought they had my back a little too much, like I was spoiled because of that. So um, I don't know, I have a very interesting relationship. It's been very back and forth as far as like I've been gone for a long time. And then I come back and I feel like, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. Like treat me like a grown man who's <laughs> damn near 30. <laughs> so like, uh, I don't know, just to kind of kick us off there. That's basically my relationship right now. We'll get further into it. But right now I'm not, you know as close to my parents as I'd like to be right now as I have in the past and we'll get a little bit probably further into that um but yeah let's just start with uh producer Dre what about you just in general to start with where are you at with your parents um in general I mean there was that little part where it took to get over okay I'm an adult now and how that relationship looks like with my parents um, even on my side, I was still kind of scared to talk with them about certain topics. So right now I would say with my dad, it's a little more loose and that was a little kind of awkward getting to know my dad on more of the adult side. So we would, you know, now we drink together. We talk about more adult subjects. That's with cool. My, with, it is cool. Yeah. Uh, my mom, it's still kind of total opposite. I am the baby of the family. So, um, in that aspect, she still looks at me like a little baby. So even yeah. with things like swearing around my mom or things like that, like, I try to stay away from. Does she listen to the show or? Uh, she does with, <laughs> with my dad. Yeah, she does. So um, we have we have a pretty good relationship. Um, I would say I, I should call them more. I know they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't uh, reach out as much as I could these days. So sorry about that. All right, and then we're just gonna go to the circle here. So Nero, how, what about you? Kind of a general idea of your relationship with your folks. Um, so I, I know we're all the babies of the family to some extent. Um, so I'm also the youngest. I have three half brothers that are older than me, much older 
20 plus years older than I am. And uh, I'm technically an only child too. I'm my mom's only um, child and my dad's only daughter. So living uh, w with that also being from uh, the culture that I come from, it's, it's been a very interesting way to grow up. And uh, my parents are obviously also very old. I had a very difficult time trying to communicate the way that I feel, my values, so on and so forth when I was a kid. Uh, I was pretty rebellious, but I do love them to bits, you know. Um, I don't express that enough either. And I don't know if they're going to hear this or not. I'm going to make them hear this. Just yeah. So, so <laughs> it's just like a medium to kind of express my feelings because yeah. I can't say it in front of them because it's sure. just weird, you know? I do know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like what this is for me too, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just, I'll just press play and run away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'll delve more into this later on, but I do also have older parents and I'm the younger in the family. Yeah. So. Okay. And then Gabe? I mean, I think there's just a lot of commonalities with a lot of our situations, obviously, I think, because all of us are the youngest, and like mm -hmm. you pointed out, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm the youngest of one, uh, I mean, of two children. <laughs> I'm the youngest of one. The only one. Yeah. Yeah, the only one. <laughs> no, yeah, but my brother, he's three years older. I guess a unique situation, I don't know if you guys, you know, if we've ever talked about this, but a unique situation with me is uh, my parents got divorced when I was two. So I've technically never knew my parents together. As a whole, as two, you don't remember the fights, you don't remember the, you know, the pleasurable times, you don't remember any of that. So, um, when I was, I think, about five years old, um, that's when she met my stepfather. So I know my stepfather and my mom more than my dad and my mom together. So I think this might turn into a unique situation and perspective with me. But um, other than that, though, uh, I guess uh, similar to Andre, like, I should call them a lot more. Yeah. Um, I've, been, I've been away from... Uh, my home since I was 18. Yeah. I'm 28 years old right now. So for 10 years, I haven't lived in my hometown. And um, like I said, yeah, I, I definitely should call them more because they always are supportive. They always are there for me, like when I need them and stuff like that. Um, but I think that that's something that a lot of, you know, the country, I mean, a lot of my friends too that have moved away from home, they feel like they should call them more as well. Yeah, and <laughs> I think it's, the calling thing is, is always funny to me. I mean, you see it on Family Guy or any sketches. It's like, you call them because you feel like in your heart you got to talk to your parents. Like, it's just, you know, they're always there with you. But then when you call them, you're, like, annoyed for some reason. Maybe this is not for every parent. I love my parents, as a preface. But, like, you're just, like, they'll either repeat the same things over and over. And you're, like, yeah, Mom, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I get it. And then, or, like, they can't hear you on the phone. And you're, like, it would be something like, are you eating well? And I'll be, like, yeah, I'm eating fine. It's like, are you eating well? And I'll be like, I'm eating fine. Are you eating well? I'm like, Mom, I'm eating fine. And then, and then it turns into, yeah. And then it's like, I didn't want to fight. You know, I didn't want to argue or feel like any anger, but or being annoyed because, like, I, in my heart, I always have this like, I'll, uh, I always like think about my parents. Like, if I see any immigrant that's struggling with groceries or something, I always immediately think about my mom. And I'm like, oh, I want to help her. And then it makes me want to call my mom. And then I have this sweet idea of my mom. And then I call her and I'm thinking like that picture I have of her and all the hard work and sacrifice she, she's given to us. Mm -hmm. And then I talk to her and it doesn't equate to the like feeling, <laughs> the mushy feeling I have for her when I, when I remembered by her. And it turns into like, man, why don't I even call? And I, and I revert to like being an asshole teenager, you know? And I always like, and then it makes me feel like shit inside. Like, man, why do I suck? Like, like give her a break, you know? Um, so that's, that's how I feel. 
What about you guys? Communication, like, how often do you guys talk to your parents? And, like, do you guys find, like, that, I guess, technology is a little difficult with, with I guess, they're older generation, so that makes sense as well. But if any one of you guys want to speak to that. Um, I would say my dad's really good with technology. My mom, she's catching up with that. Um, they generally call me more than I call them, which is horrible. But at the beginning, my, my mom would always text and call, text and call, and then she wasn't getting the same bag from me, so she kind of just like, all right, let me give him his space yeah. kind of thing. Um, but when I talk to them, yeah, I feel like my mom is more, always asks me questions, how are you doing, and she wants to stay on the phone longer. And then my dad's more the one to be, being very conscious of like, he has his own life to live, like let him go, we'll talk to him for a little bit, and then you know, yeah. let him, let him kind of do his thing. So that's pretty much all I gotta say. And, and what about you guys? Do you guys feel like, like yeah, telephone? That's fine. Do you guys text with your parents? I know for me, that's a little bit. My dad texts a little bit, but like that's not a major source of communication. What do you guys do? So mine is actually opposite of Andre's. Uh, my mom's a little better at technology. My dad okay. literally just got like his first cell phone probably like four months ago. Yeah, and he just doesn't want to mess with it. Like you yeah. know, he'd rather call. But see, he's more of the one that he wants to stay on the phone forever, forever, forever. Like, you know, if, yeah. there's, a, if there's a lesson he wants me to tell me, he's gonna lecture me, lecture <laughs> me. But, sure but at the same time, he's just interested because I don't call enough. Uh, my mother, like, she's interested in, like, emojis. And she's, she created an Instagram and a Facebook just to kind of keep up with what I'm doing. Which makes me feel bad on the side <laughs> that, oh, maybe I should call more. But at least she could see, you know, how her son's doing through those channels and whatnot. So yeah. she's definitely the better one at, with technology. Yeah. Actually, sorry, just to cut in real quick. Yeah. It's funny because my, my dad actually created a Bitmoji. So he'll no send me way. emojis of himself, like laughing out loud, doing yeah. like dad. So he's like, <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious. So it's basically just an older version of you, kind of yeah. basically. It's like your future I, I, I talking guess, to you. Yeah. I, I'm waiting until my mom sets up a, a Bitmoji. Yeah. That that's crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah, my mom's the same with the Bitmoji, though. She's the one that actually had told me about it or whatnot like that. And she goes crazy really? with all that. Yeah, she's she's done the dad one to me, too. And yeah. I'm like, really? Well, so funny to see yeah. That yeah. would yeah. blow my yeah. mind if I saw my parents do that I'd, I'd just be like I, I can't even speak it actually looks like her too it's, it's hilarious That's <laughs> and what about you Nara I'm like the complete yeah like my parents are super super old um they don't act like it though they have very youthful presences but when it comes to technology they're just like not that great my dad doesn't even try he's just like nope it's not my time i'm not even gonna try and make a fool out of myself <laughs> yeah. he's like nope um he has one of those like old school like nokia brick black phones you know? those, those <laughs> last forever though <laughs> they do yeah. like they would fall like a 10 yeah. million times and they'll be absolutely you can just put fine. it like a lego piece back together and yeah it's fine. and um he still he still has that and my mom my mom is more the one that tries to keep up with technology um especially when i moved to the states around five years ago she wanted to like set up a facebook and like um set up skype so she can talk to me and all that stuff and she still does that and she tried she's better at texting now but there's sometimes every year i go home she's like how do you do this again and i show her how to do oh, it yeah. and she forgets and every, i feel like every i feel like that's time. i don't know about your parents but i feel like <laughs> so that's the same cute. thing anytime i'm ever home which is not a lot yeah but when i am it's always like i know uh, master of none aziz and sorry show i was just thinking that it it spoke to me i forgot what her episode they had about parents yeah. and i'm like yeah. That is exactly, like, we feel like the IT guy. Yeah. You know, you come in there, you'd be like, um, how do I turn this, like, iPad on or something <laughs> like that? Or, like, how do I get YouTube back? 
It's, it's actually really funny when you think about it because you're like, I need YouTube back. How do you do this? And it's like usually like an update that they needed to do or something, you know? Yeah. And then I just always feel like an ass because I'm always like, oh, come on. But you it know? even did like the whole TV stuff. Like I was the one who did all the like That's And you're the only TV, one there. Like, any any technology, any like even like electrical wiring stuff, like I used to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, they're setting you up for the stage. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Come in, like, yeah. It's like it's like what you don't know is they know how to do that. They're just yeah. teaching you. They're like, oh, I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> or or I'm just really impatient, so I just yeah. do it myself. Well, that's yeah. good. Like, okay. Um, kind of kind of going with all the technology stuff though. One interesting topic that I, I always think about is what do we feel about the generation of our parents? I feel like there's a huge gap. I know all of our parents are somewhat in the same age group, maybe a little bit older, a little bit younger than the other, but you know, kind of similar generation. I just feel like there's such a disparity between our generation and then their generation. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, my, for example, I feel like dating. Um, it's so different. Like I remember um, on Facebook, when my parents had Facebook, they'd see my arm around a girl, like a friend. And that immediately their, their thought was like, you're dating someone? Marriage. Yeah, like you're dating someone? And I'm like, no, I'm not dating anyone. Or it'll be like um, a girl was like going to come over because like, you know, she flew in from Chicago or something. They would make a huge deal. They're like, that only happens after you get married. And I'm like, man, like, I don't, I don't think we have the same belief here. Because <laughs> like, we're not going to do anything. It's just like shelter, you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So what, do you guys have any examples about that or thoughts about the generation of your parents? I mean, I guess when it comes to my parents, like, I, I guess I had like a lot of freedom. They felt like, there again, I guess it goes to the divorce thing. Yeah. Um, they didn't really tell me, like, I, I think they, they stayed away from the awkward conversations because I, I think if one thought, oh, if this conversation is going to be awkward, either he's just going to run to the other parent. Yeah. And that's just my perception. I don't know if that's really what it was. So I almost had to, like, discover things on my own. And when it comes to, like, girls and stuff like that, they, they really weren't, like, teasing me about it or anything. Like, I dated around a lot, like, at a very young age. And it was, yeah. like, and I never really got... <laughs> little Gabe. And I'm just saying, <laughs> little Gabe. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but, I mean, like, 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 my mom would, like, you know, like, poke me and be like, ooh, who's that? Or like, yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff. But, and then as a kid, you're like, no, I don't like her or whatever. Yeah. But... I don't know. I guess I never actually got like that birds and the bees talk or like. D- did any of you guys, by the way, have the birds and bees talk with no. your parents? No. Because I didn't either. It's no. almost like assumed, right? Like I don't I know. I think they're kind of just like they'll figure it out on their own. Let me just dodge this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think because schools kind of touch on it a little bit. Sex ed. Still, yeah. yeah. I didn't have sex ed. At really? Oh, really? Oh yeah. Seven, so that's a whole new story. Yeah. Seventh that. grade for us, they showed us that film. Actually, it was maybe a little earlier, like sixth grade. I just remember. <laughs> <laughs> like being very excited about sex ed because it was the time when we would all laugh a lot. Yeah. Like it was just so comical. Like because we weren't all there yet, it was just really funny. Just like saying the word. You know, right? yeah. well, well, the, the hell teacher would be like, Penis. guys. I, like, ah. Well, he would. The thing is, the funniest part is how he would preface the health teacher would come up here like, guys, guys. I know you guys are all gonna laugh, but this is the vagina. <laughs> Get all your laughs out now, okay? Get all your laughs out now. And then he'd be like, and now this is the penis. <laughs> I said all the laughs are ready for vagina. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I vividly remember when they pulled out like the STD slides and it was just like, oh. 
Like, there was no more laughing after that, because that shit looked gross. Oh, they showed you the pictures of what Yeah, happened. no, they did. Like, almost, it was almost like <laughs> like a fear they put, they instilled in us. Yeah, like, like, it's going to die. Like, this is what could, <laughs> could look like. Death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay away. <laughs> so at least that's how my class was. Like, that, those videos were pretty bad. Anything else about the generation about your parents, though, as far uh, as, like, um, I guess, like, I know mine were, like, immigrants. So, like, I feel like, uh, I feel like the issues that I have here are more, like, privilege issues like bo- like boyfriend girlfriend or or like how are you going to do certain jobs or you know apartments living style stuff like that my parents came in here like let's survive <laughs> and, okay. and then i just yeah. feel like so then their perspective of me is very different of like how i'm living my life mm-hmm. they're actually oddly very supportive though of like yeah. they might not know or understand everything but i feel like they're really supportive of anything i do which is I feel lucky to have that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can't can't help but to see like their struggles were quote unquote more real than mine are. Yeah. But uh, I don't know about you guys. I mean, my situation is a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, firstly because I'm I'm a girl, <laughs> and uh, secondly because I come from a completely different culture. I have much older parents than I my age, and. Um, it's just, I was never allowed to date. I felt really weird talking to my parents about guys, even if they were like guy friends. So when I was in high school, so my, my whole life I was in an all-girls school and then I moved to the West Bank, Ramallah, um, when I was like, I don't know, like 13, 14. And that's when I went to like a mixed school, like guys and girls. And <laughs> that's when I started obviously having crushes and all that stuff. and. I could never tell my parents. <laughs> I just felt so weird. And the first time I ever told my mom about having a crush on this guy, um, it she was just like, "Oh, you're you're too young. Like, no, don't think about this. This is weird. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, she like freaked no. out a little bit. Like, she didn't. Re- she she actually handled it pretty calmly. But she's like, "Don't tell your dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, no. Um, so it just kind of deterred me from talking to my parents about these kinds of things. But I'm pretty sure that at this point they know. Like. When I went to college, I, I told them straight up, like, I'm an adult now. Like, I have guy friends. Like, deal with it, you know? Um, yeah. And now they know that I, I think they would assume at least that I've, like, hung out with, with guys before and, and done all that stuff. They know that I've drank before and they definitely know that I smoke uh, cigarettes. And <laughs> hopefully, like, when I go home soon, it'll be, like, a breakthrough in a way. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah, I would say um, kind of similar. I, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, so very kind of conservative household. So at least when we were younger, you know what I mean? My parents were very strict about things. So I never felt comfortable enough to come to them with, you know, just like you said, mm-hmm. anything about girls or drinking mm-hmm. or anything of the sort. So I always felt like I had to hide stuff. And even as I got older and kind of crossed that threshold, just because I had built that up so much, I was still very like weird about talking mm-hmm. to my parents about that stuff. And I feel like there, there's like I broke down the wall a little bit, but there's still something there that kind of is holding me back from really like talking about everything with yeah. my parents because I was so guarded in that way. Like, you know, you know how it is that kind of guilty conscience yeah, of like yeah. things. So that's what I would say. I, I, I'm, I'm just going with that too. I grew up in a very like very similar as Andre because. I, you know, Christian home, very conservative. Like, my older siblings kind of set the stage, and they weren't allowed to date mm-hmm. in high school. So I didn't even, I went into high school not even thinking that I could date. 
<laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> no. No, I didn't even think, I didn't even think about it as an option. Yeah. I thought um, rebelling for me was going to church and not going into like the early service and staying in the car <laughs> and listening to uh, what they call secular radio, which secular is like rock radio. music, okay. in the car by myself. I would just listen until it was time to leave. Yeah, I wouldn't. Be, I would just be in the car, just listening. To I was such a rebel. Yeah, and I'm. And then uh, you know, I had friends that didn't go to church at the time. I was like, oh, yeah. rebel. And um, I guess like my upbringing was was very conservative, so like. I never would talk to them. I was so shy when... <laughs> I was so shy talking about girls and stuff. Like, even with my siblings. Because my siblings were kind of like my parents at some point, And they love that stuff. They love to kind of poke, poke fun and, like, wanted to know if I had any crush or anything like that. Yeah. But in the back of my head, all I could think about was, like, what's the point? I can't date them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, like, what's the point? Like, I'm not even allowed to date. Yeah. So why, why even think this way? Until I got to college, I guess. Yeah. But what about you, Gabe? Well, no, yeah, because, I mean, now that you guys bring up religion and all that, yeah. like, I grew up in the Catholic family, but it's not necessarily, you know, my family wasn't like, oh, let's go to church every Wednesday, every Sunday, every, like, you know, every, literally we went to church, um, you know, my immediate family anyways, you know, grandma and grandpa's, aunties, uncles do what they're going to do, but my immediate family, um, we necessarily didn't go to church, like, ever, maybe Easter, maybe Christmas. Holidays. Like, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that, and, like, you know, my mom would have to pinch me or give me a dollar to be good in church like you know and like it I didn't I, I did make my first Holy Communion you know my confirmation but it was more like emotion and no disrespect to everyone that's you know religious and stuff mm-hmm. like that but uh, I guess like my family didn't have like those strong uh, inherent values so I guess I just kind of roamed as I did they kind of let me I guess find out experiences and not putting so much boundaries uh, my parents did work a lot and kind of in tune to you, my grandmother, you know, raised a lot of me after school, summers, like it was just all grandma, grandma, grandma. And um, so I guess, like I said, there there wasn't a lot of boundaries there. So uh, even when I did, I like literally this sound might sound crazy to you guys, but I had like a girlfriend in eighth grade Yeah. and my mom would drive us to the movies. Like, you know, so it was like that it sounds a little insane to most families and most people, but it's like. You know, um, and, but even in eighth grade, like, I could tell you, you know, I didn't have sex then yeah. at all. But it was like, uh, you know, the little kissy-kissy or whatever, making out <laughs> sessions or whatever, <laughs> which is crazy at eighth grade. But like I said, like, I, I guess there was a lot of, like, less boundaries for me to I can discover on my own. Like, uh, See, the funny thing about that is I felt like people that were my friends at school, like, they were dating in eighth grade. They were dating in, like, fifth grade. Yeah. And I felt like the freak. <laughs> that, didn't, that did not date ever yeah. which is like everyone look at me like one is he gay <laughs> uh, <laughs> or two like is he like does he just not like girls at all yeah and then or like what's wrong with him yeah and you know I'm like all three are correct yeah no I'm kidding <laughs> no, I'm kidding no but like in my head I was like no of course I want to date of course I want to do everything but I, I in my head it wasn't it wasn't an option yeah. So I couldn't even think like that. So like living through school at the same time with people that would date in eighth grade, and that's perfectly normal. I felt like more of a freak and, and different for like in my head, I already knew I can't do that. So I had to find fun doing something else, mm-hmm. sports and friends watching movies. Yeah. And it was really actually <laughs> like a very innocent like childhood. It's like I went to the movies. I saw like every movie that came out and and would play sports and that's pretty much it. Like, I think as a parent though you'd want that. You know, like yeah. as a parent. I mean at least cause even now, yeah. like I know how much freedom I had 
And I know there was a lot of things I had to learn on my own. And now as a parent, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I might do something, some things a little different, but I think that that's what every parent goes through. Like maybe they take how the way they were raised and they're like, you know what, I'm going to let Gabe, maybe they thought I'm going to let Gabe have a little more freedom than I had. Because, you know, the way my grandma and grandpa may have raised them was probably something different. So like we're always, I think, going to take some values and like lessons into whenever we think we're going to have a child. And we're back. We have, um, with us, we have two uncles that are raising the child of their sister. All right. Unfortunate events happen. And um, we're with these two. Um, they have to take care of seven children together. Sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> I know, but it's not. And so we're with, uh, we're with Jacob on my left, and we have uh, Frederick on my right. Now, Jacob, um, you're the eldest. Uh, tell me what's going on here. Oh, it's, it's, it's going great, man. It's, I just like to do a lot of shit. All right, so he's a little jumpy. And we have Frederick on my right now. Frederick's my, my middle name. I'm not going to lie. First name is Hector, right? Don't All right, Hector. We have Hector here. Now, how does it feel to be responsible of seven children? You know, it sucks, see? It sucks. You heard it here first. It sucks. Now, we're going back to Jacob. Now, Jacob, you seem all jazzed up. This <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun. You know what I mean? You got you to get after the children. You got to let them know. You know, uh, who's the boss. Folks, <laughs> folks that are listening here, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm very concerned about the, the welfare of these children. Uh, to my left is Jacob, who has not stopped dancing and prancing for the last five minutes he's been here. And then we have oh, Frederick, man. who's giving me five different names. Hector. Hector. Now he's Hector, folks. So, uh, join me and listening to these two uh, uncle uh, slash parents. I've always been Hector. That's, don't need to get aggressive here. Uh, oh, man. This man is crazy. Um, you got to calm down there, Jacob. Now, now, now can you tell me about um, how the children are getting fed? Any of you? You know, I don't give a fuck. Huh? Oh, you know what? Boy. I'd like to make it fun. I say, cook your own pizza, make a hot dog in a microwave, and we make it fun. We call them hot dogs, but we dress them up as little dogs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so again, we had Jacob and Hector. Again, unfit parents are our uncles. Now we'll get back right. to our regular schedule program. And that brings me to the next topic. Is like, are you guys ever fearful, like, when you, let's say if you do have children, and, like, you know you were a child, you went through the angst and, and rebellion and whatever, right. and some more than the others... But, like, basically, do you feel like, you know, when you have that teenager, are they going to get it right back at you? <laughs> like, they're going to rebel like crazy. And then you're going to be like, and then eventually you're going to be like, oh, my God, what did I put my parents through? Yeah. Like, I, I understand I've now. thought about that. Uh, I was pretty good for the most part, though. Um, no, but I did have some pretty rebellious days now that I think about it. Like, you know, that last story I told, almost burning the house down. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> I just love how just calm you said it. Stuff. You know, like how I almost like, I almost, like burn the house. The whole house was yeah. done pretty much. <laughs> it's a normal yeah. Wednesday. For me. I, I did some dumb stuff, especially after I saw that uh, Jackass came out. Me and my friends thought we were that and tried to do a bunch of stupid stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but no, but you also kind of remember the things that like you hated 
and you're like, man, I kind of wish they would have done this a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but then at the same time, you're like, okay, well, what I turned out the same way. So like you said, I will take some stuff. And I've always thought about too, and I kind of wondering if how you guys feel about that. But like, if you were hit as a kid, like, are you still going to hit your kid? Are you going to take on the new way of doing things? Just put them in a corner or something like that. So I, I've kind of wrestled with that myself. Yeah. Being like, well, if they do get out of hand, I might just smack them around a little bit a little not spank. in the face you a little know, spank. Like, spanking yeah, 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 yeah you know um <laughs> not in the face anywhere but the face yeah yeah, yeah anywhere but the face <laughs> i yeah. mean i i would say i i've thought about that a lot and i would say yes about the, the spanking um yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my mom, all, all four of us were like yes yeah, yeah, spanking them. Spanking them. we're bringing my mom, it back <laughs> my mom is actually um said this to me many times because I was I was such an asshole like I don't I regret it and don't regret it at the same time because I mean my parents can be very strict and were pretty strict in a lot of senses and my in my mind I had I taught myself a lot of things about the outside world and I wanted to do these things I was very ambitious and very passionate and I was just like I wanted to do everything and I was a very emotional kid so just feeling like I was trapped in a box was just too much for me. Um, and I was really bad sometimes. And my mom would tell me, uh, my mom would tell me, when when you get married and you have kids, you're, I wish you have a daughter like you, just so you can feel what I feel. Were you like, I hope so back. too. I, I was like, my daughter's going to be awesome. You're like, I hope so. She's awesome. Like She's going to be freaking great. And um, I actually wish that hopefully in the future, if I do choose to have kids, that my parents kind of raise them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they do have great values and they have raised, my dad has raised more kids than my mom has before and and he he's been through the the motion and i believe like i didn't turn out so bad so i feel like if they can do that and teach me how to do it in the process i would love that and my i did get get spanked a few times so i would support that because i don't feel like kids kids are really rebellious they're all like selfish and just like in their heads Um, I don't think putting them in a corner is going to work. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sadly, but... Like, they need some structure. They do. It depends on, like, where is it coming from. Are you harming the child? Mm-hmm. Or do you really, like, care and you're trying to, like, push them into yeah. the right direction? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, that we can't help but to keep talking about, uh, like, our parents hitting us. <laughs> it's, like, the second time we talked about that. But what about you, Gabe, as far as, you know, are you fearful? Because I know you were a bit rebellious. So do you feel like... Do you feel like, do you, are you afraid like if you have kids that will happen or do you feel like you're prepared for it? So like I said, I, I, I'm i just, I guess developing strategies, you know, getting my game plan, you know, <laughs> for the championship season when my son comes out. No, I'm kidding. Keep giving him a football as soon as he gets out. <laughs> this, this, is, this is my playbook. Going to, going to the gym at the very yeah. young age. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I guess because I had like a lot of freedom, which I, I love them for doing that in a sense. Because there, there's parts of my life where I wish I would have had a little bit more guidance. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I love who I am now. You know, um, I love the direction I'm going in life. I love the friends that I've made, which I believe, you know, everything starts from the roots. Um, 
you know, so you value your friends a certain way because of what your parents taught you. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing is, like, I guess, because I, I definitely did rebel. I mean, I grew up, my hair, I had cornrows all through high school. I wore clothes that were like three times the size of me. Like I listen, <laughs> my mom, she grew up a country girl, like with, you know, Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, like Tracy Atkins, and I'm over here bumping DMX, Tupac, like, you know, like, <laughs> like I definitely yeah, yeah. went like the, there's the fork in the road, my mom went left, I went right, yeah. you know, but obviously I've always loved my mom, I always respected, you know, women, I've seen my mom, you know, struggle with what she has, with like, you know, love life and stuff like that. When she met my father, my stepfather, like, you know, they've been in love like no other, you know? So I, I've grown up with a good love. Um, it just wasn't my mom and my dad's love. So, like, that's something deep down, I guess, I've never experienced is my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I brought different values with my stepdad and my mom. But anyways, yeah, I definitely did have some rebellion just because I had a lot of freedom. So I made the friends that I could. And, I, you know, I've gotten influenced where I was, uh, like, you know, riding my bike around or whatever. You know, my grandma had to carry, uh, take care of, you know, about, it was like four of us. So it was hard for her to keep track of all of us. So like sometimes, uh, you know, me and my cousin would just be riding bikes. You know, I'll meet a couple friends that maybe, you know, didn't have the same guidance either. So we all kind of just made up what we liked. We shared what we wanted, which it was, you know, rap music. It was like, you know, the rebellious type of mentality. So um, I guess when we go into that, like my game plan with my son, I don't know, a little bit more guidelines but I definitely do want them to be free just like I did and because uh, I think that the main thing were like the the lecture talks that my dad gave me because he was more of a drill sergeant and yeah. like you know this is right this is wrong and those lectures even though he said it you know once and I was like I got it dad and then he'd rephrase it to say the same thing like three more <laughs> times like those kind of did stick in my head so whenever me and my friends were you know about to just I don't know create like a Havoc. smoke bomb and yeah. throw it in like a community center like you know, we, we thought about it twice and that was kind of the voice of reason and then like we didn't do it like, i love you know, how it's like we would just throw it into open field and not a community center i love like, how it's like you're gonna throw it in a place that does good it's, it's, not, even like, it's not even like a shitty place it's like the community center is helping these orphans <laughs> i'm kidding no, no what i'm saying like those were the options of yeah. me and my group of friends like when i was in middle school but my voice of reason was like, maybe we shouldn't do the community center. It'd be just as cool in an open field. Yeah. So like, chance. you know, so like, and that was my dad speaking to me when I was very young. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so granted, I had I this freedom. Yeah. Uh, I could do whatever I wanted. But those lectures gave me the voice of reason yeah. to not go to the detention center or like, you know, they call it the D home back home. So like, yeah. you know, so like, yeah. there, there's definitely lessons you, you pick. You know, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, but you keep transitioning me perfectly here. So the next thing I want to talk about, <laughs> no, it, I, it's it's perfect though. Is that um, what would you say is like the best life lesson that your parents taught you? And um, I'll start off real quick to give an example, buy you guys some time here. Yeah. Uh, for me, my mom and dad, there's just so much heart and passion from them. Like I could honestly, if I were an actor and I had to cry in spot. I could literally cry and spot if I just think about my parents yeah. and like what they've done for me. Yeah. Like I can do it right now, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying waiting. not to. But like one example for my mom was um, she would work like the graveyard shift and work really hard overnight so she could be with the kids in the morning and, my, and they would kind of shift, you know, take off. Uh, my dad and mom had different shifts of work so that there'd always be a parent there. So my mom would come home at, she'd go to work at like 2 a.m. and then come back at like 12 
And then, so she'd come back, and then I had, you know, I was like in first or second grade, and we had to learn about magnets. And one of the projects for our magnet, like final project for second grade or whatever, was to create some kind of game with magnets. And me being me, I waited to the last minute, and I'm like, oh, mom, I have to do this. I have to come up with some kind of game with magnets. So, mind you, you know, she just did her whole shift, she, and I reminded her at night because I'm, I'm so nice. And so I, it was like 9 o'clock, <laughs> 8 or 9 o'clock um, at night, and she has to work at, you know, going back to work at 2. So instead of sleeping, she, like, we went to every hardware store looking for magnets because not every hardware store had magnets for some reason. So we she tried me everywhere looking for magnets and then coming up with a game. So we did, came up with some kind of, like, target game where you throw magnets into, like, a stove thing. Like a some kind of bowl, like metal bowl, and like she would basically do the whole project for me, and then she'd go to work and didn't sleep, and like those are things like at the moment I didn't even think of, and now I look back and like I can't like that kills me, you know, and then the the my dad the same thing like there was never a time where, like working hard, he went to the same job for like, thirty three years I think and missed maybe like one day of work like something he had like certificates of like. Like, never missing work certificates. Oh and, like, God. he would never miss. So, like, that always, like, stoked me to do things right. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you could, like, you had, you could take these days off or you could not, you know, you don't have to do this thing. Doing what, what's right in the long run of your life is something that's worthwhile. And, like, through his lifestyle, the way he lived life, I saw that. Because it's, he worked really hard and it's really hard to be like, dude, take a break. Do something fun, and he would never. He would just like, no, I have to do this. And it was a, it was to set a good example for his kids. And I think he actually did do that. You know. And, what about you, John? Um, starting with my my mom, my to me, my mom is like the definition of love. Like she, man. See, now you're about to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Like she, yeah. <laughs> she would do anything for all of us. Like she's the true definition of like. Love is patient, love is kind. Like, she was always there. No matter what you did, I could have, like, talked back to her. And, like, yeah, she would teach me a lesson here or there. But, like, the next minute she'd be hugging me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, first off, just love. And then also she always used to tell me um, moderation with everything that you do, mm-hmm. like, is the key. And, like, she used to always say it. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, Mom. Like, okay. But then I realized throughout my life, like, you work too hard. You're, you, you know. You're going to be sick of working. You're going to be tired. You play too much. You're going to get sick of doing that, too. So, I mean, just finding that right balance in life and kind of tiptoeing on that, it's really been key for me in my life trying to find a balance, work-life balance, whatever you want to call it. Just moderation with everything you do has been key. Um, When it comes to my dad, uh, similar to working hard, like he used to always say these positive phrases over and over and over. The one that always sticks out to me and if my brother and sister are listening, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. Um, it was that attitude is everything. Your, alti- your attitude determines your altitude. He always used to say that. I used to get so annoyed and I'd be like, you know, same <laughs> thing. When you're younger, you're like, okay, yeah. whatever, dad. But then you get older and you're like, damn. Like, and you look around and you see people complaining about like the stupidest shit. And you're like, okay, what good does that complaining do? It does nothing but dig yourself in a deeper hole. And he also came from... Uh, the Bronx, you know, he lived in the projects. So for him, 
his attitude got him to where he was working hard yeah. and he was just always positive and he turned that into you know where we're living now and how well he how well off he's doing now so that was a huge lesson in my life yeah cool Gabe yeah so my mother she's just there again too she's one of those you know uh, nature nurturers you know she's always you know just love 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 like anyone that's met my mom anyone that's met my grandma like it's just it's all love like you know Mijito could do no wrong yeah. you know and uh, that's one of the things that my dad actually you know hated about her just the fact that like you know you need a discipline and you need to teach him the right things teach him how to be a man that kind of thing but like she always said like you know it, everything's gonna be okay like it's <laughs> yeah no, it's emo- it's emotional with all of us. I think uh, talking so about emotional. our parents, it really, it really, it really is. is. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Because like, yeah, you want to be, you know. Damn it, Gabe! Now my mom's gonna be like, "Why didn't you?" Try? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I don't mean enough. <laughs> no. No. no, but that's the thing. Like, that's one of the things too. I think I've always, um, you know, inherited from her is her sensitive side. She'd cry for everything. Yeah, you know, she and, felt everything. Though. Yeah, and guys aren't supposed to cry. Yeah, right. Oh, that's bullshit. Um, yeah, but I mean, like a lot of our fathers are very strong and have said oh, yeah. that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing is, I I only got to see my father uh, every other weekend. You know? Yeah. I mean, I grew up with my mother, um, you know, and then uh, I, I I guess I just inherited a lot of just her. You know, she's extremely nice. Like no one could do any wrong. You know that kind of thing. She to help out anyone that's in need, and everything will be okay. Like those are constant things that I've always heard. You know, there's little things that I do sometimes that you're like, wow, thanks for being considerate. And I'm like, oh, well, that's just natural. Well, that comes from my mom. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, and then I guess her phrase, my favorite phrase from her is, I won't tell your dad. You know? She always she always wanted to be a protector. Yeah. You know? Um, she always knew my dad was the drill sergeant. He's going to bring the hammer down and then lecture me about four or five times the last two hours. And one thing my dad had always said is, you know, because I said so, which just seems so, you know, just plain, <laughs> but literally like, you know, you don't think of it until you grow up as a man and you think of those lessons and it's like, well, yeah, he didn't say it just to be a dick. Like he said it because there's just consequences. He would always tell you there's a consequence for every action, mm-hmm. you know, whether good or bad. Of course, every other weekend he wanted, you know, to have a fun weekend with me. Yeah. You know, he always wanted to either go putt-putt or go to like ride some roller coasters at Cliffs or something like that. And, um, but he always like had like a lesson for me, you know, every time like, oh, well, how was your week? And like, I'd be silent about it, but he'd try to like dig out, oh, how was your week? Did you, you know, get in trouble in school or anything like that? And then I'd like let out a little story and he'd be like, oh, well, you know, what made you think of doing that? Like, yeah. you know, and then boom, here comes the lectures and all that. I love that he was so serious because he still is playful at the same time. And when you see those playful sides of my father, those are the priceless times because at the exterior he's rock hard but then when you spend time alone with him he's just laughing he's chuckling and all that and my dad has always like been the one to show me the light and the bad things of life i know it's tough it's a this is probably the toughest topic i think Mm. emotionally (laughs) well it's it's bad now because like i mean now he he literally he just beat cancer yeah I guess that's just what I think about is like how strong but I'm sure like yeah. him being cancer also is a great lesson for you and showing you what real toughness is all about yeah but too. it also ties into where like you know I'm not around as much as I should be yeah 
And like I, I kind of missed that whole part. But the fact that, like, you know, they're, they're, he still taught me lessons through it, you know. He, I don't know, he's just one of the strongest men I know. Mm-hmm. I just love him, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> it shows. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, kind of just reiterating the question here, um, you know, obviously our parents have taught us a lot. And so if you could share with us, you know, what your, your parents have taught. I don't know. Like, they've always had like these sayings like Andre said earlier like they say these things to you when you're uh, a kid or a teenager and you just kind of brush them off like yeah I know I know you know like da, da, da. and then it, you don't know like when you mentioned earlier even on the phone like you don't know like when they repeat these things sometimes like it really gets ingrained in you because when you grow up you you just have a flashback and you're just like in a moment where you, when you really need that and it's kind of like a a voice from above that comes up to you and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm fine now because I've had that in my life. I'm going to start with, with my mom. My mom has taught me how to be just, I don't know, she, she's brought the happiness in me more because my dad is more like the emotional, like really deep, just kind of, he's been through a whole lot kind of guy. Yeah. Um, my mom has also been through a lot, but she has always been so positive. She's also been the one to show me to be patient and to follow what I'm passionate about in life. I can't speak. <laughs> um, Um, my mom, both my parents are extremely emotional. That's why like this, like I've learned how to like hold it back, but the only thing that really brings it out is them. So whether I'm talking to them on the phone and it's being irritated, like they bring that out in me more than anyone (laughs) being angry. Like I don't get angry about much, but if it comes from them, I'm just like, ah, you know, <laughs> especially when it comes to tears. Like if my dad starts talking to me about his life, like things that I've been begging him as a child to tell me, like when he starts opening up, I just like instantly choke up. Even if it's like nothing, I'm just like, <laughs> like I start crying. But so I feel like that's a good thing to have because teaching your children how to be open with their emotions and and be sensitive to to that part of them is very important because that alone has allowed me to learn so many things Mm -hmm. it's allowed me to be as loving as i am because my my parents are the most loving and kind-hearted people that, that i've ever encountered and it's even at some points um even though i don't open up to my parents that much when there are times in my life that I've just felt really trapped or, or hurt by people, they would see it without me having to even say anything. And my dad, my dad would even tell me, don't be too nice. You know, don't be too nice to people. But even when he says it, he's so nice. And I'm just like, you're so cute. Cause yeah. I can't take you seriously right now. Um, because like, he's so kind. And even as much as he doesn't want to be kind to people, if he loves you, just like a, like 1%. He will give you everything. Like, he's the kind of person who will will give and give and give and not expect anything in return. So I've learned how to try to... I try to be like that because I love it. 
And I still take into consideration that part of him that says don't be too too kind to people because this is a hard and, and tough world where there are going to be people that are going to take advantage of you because he's been through a lot where and he's given too much where people have taken advantage of him. So there's obviously a lot of things and I can go on and on about it, but to love and to care and to be kind and to give are the, the most important things that I've learned from my parents and I can never thank them enough for that. Yeah. I just want to end all this by thanking you guys for sharing. I know it's a, honestly, it's rare to hear such genuine talk about this topic and being able to really open up your, your heart really without being too cheesy, but to kind of like really laying us in. Um, and really the whole reason why I wanted to do this is because like, I'm not talking to my parents too much recently. And um, I wanted to let them know that like, you know, I care about them too. They're still in your thoughts yeah. and yeah. hearts. But uh, <laughs> to, uh, I also want to say to, um, you know, Andre and Nero and Gabe's parents, you guys did a great job. I don't mean that, you know, sarcastically at all. Like, I think um, you guys are, like, the best people, a few of the best people I've met. So good job there. And um, I'll end it with something my dad always says to me that really helps me get through things. So hopefully anyone that's listening, um, it'll help you guys as much, too. But he always says, like, if there's any issue that you're going through in life right now, you know, how do you, how do you prepare to conquer the whole world if you can't deal with this one little thing? And that could be anything. So that always stuck with me too. So thank you. Are you a man that's cried after the age of two? Are you suffering from unwanted liquid streaming down your face from your eyeballs? Or are you just a crybaby Sally? Then Apathol might be the right drug for you. Apathol has cured thousands of people dealing with feelings or emotions. Just listen to these three testimonials from these guys that used to have problems dealing with emotions. Hi, um, uh, I'm Jason. My friends have been making fun of me for years now be because I cried when my dog Lucy died. But but I'm good now. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I've been taking this Apathol C and now like I don't I don't feel anything anymore like like nothing I'm dead inside like my dog Lucy that's great Jason and how has Apathol changed the life of Derek I've been taking Apathol for six months now and I don't know where I am seriously though is this real life about that commercial right now what did you say down there Who's talking to me? Who? <laughs> That's great, Derek. And finally, we have Jimmy. Jimmy, how has Apathol changed your life? Hi, my name's Jimmy. I took these drugs because I get a little emotional sometimes. Like in funerals, weddings, and graduations. But ever since I've taken these drugs, life has, you know, has how you say, lost its flavor. I don't really feel good or bad. I don't, I just don't feel. My life has drastically changed in many ways. So yeah, Apathol is good. You've heard it here first, folks. Apathol works, okay? So get Apathol now, you crybabies. Thanks for listening to episode seven of the Inside Joe. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play.
Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to see all the behind-the-scenes action of the Inside Joe. And as always, Gumbay. <laughs>